Welcome to the Jen and Gina Show, the podcast where we take you on an exciting adventure through the heart and soul of the Western industry. We are here to inspire, uplift, and empower women who are chasing their dreams in the Western world. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Jen and Gina Show. Hey, Jen. How has grit, grace, and gratitude shown up for you? Um, it's been a good. I have my gratitude. It would be gratitude. I think gratitude this week would be um, I've really tried to um, enjoy fall. And I do. I really like fall. Like if the weather's been nice yep. and um, autumn has been... Uh, at Seth's house, like it's been great to get to go and rope there and then get to go to some jackpots. And it's just been beautiful weather. It has been, actually. I know we've had a little bit of, I feel like we had a rainy end of a summer. Yes. But our fall, these last two weeks, the fall she sees even came up to me. She's like, I wish that we had this weather like two weeks ago. And I looked at her, I'm like, was it that bad? And she's like, yeah, we couldn't even rope. And I was like, oh, yeah. Right. So that's been awesome. And getting to come home and um, I've been getting to ride Maddie almost every day. Yes. So that's been fun. Um, And she is happy, like as in drop her head and be happy. Yeah. So So um, I'm excited. So we'll we'll see how that progresses. So how about you? How is it? Grace and gratitude showing up for you. I agree with this fall. I love it. Um, Like when I drove down here, Apples are in season and starting to pick. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it is nice, and we've had those gr- um, beautiful summers and the all the colors and the fall leaves and all that stuff. Although Maddie still won't let me, because I usually if like if I've had autumn, I would take a plastic sack and yeah. pick apples. Oh, there's still no plastic sack. That's a little <laughs> <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Let's go ahead. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yes, I know you have the joys of that writing out and picking apples while you're right. Yes. I'm always uh, yes, and it motivated that the cherries are usually what gets me highly motivated. But yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the apples. So yes, that makes a difference. That would be good. Yeah, I, I I will say for gratitude, our um, neighbors, one of JC's teammates that plays soccer with, he's been ke- get, getting up every morning and catching salmon. So I got fresh salmon. So I have to say. Uh, Thank you, and I'm grateful for the salmon season and us being close to a big river. And, you know, that is nice. Yeah. So yes, that that was kind of how I guess some fall and, and gratitude showed up for me this last lately. That's awesome. Yeah. So today, let's talk about mm, horse equipment okay. and purpose. Yes, because I think you always have to have a purpose, and in my mind, that purpose of my horse equipment my main purpose of anything that I do is so that my horse and I have a balanced body but maybe what do you think that that how that's that yeah and for me like just answering that reason why you know what I mean like just answering like why do you have that and is it necessary I'm okay eliminating and taking out all the extra things or whatever like we don't need all everything but yet on the other hand you need to know why it's there true I should preface this with I am also the person that doesn't change anything yeah. ever. I mean, as in, like, I mean, ever. if it's working, you keep it. I keep it. <laughs> like, so it makes, you know how people for the NFR, they will get like new, you can tell it's like a new um, breast collar or a head towel, all yeah. the things, right? That, which is cool, right? It's totally awesome. and But it like makes my stomach hurt for them that they've changed something before writing in there. Yes, I know. And I'm sure they used it. I'm sure it's yeah. fine. I'm but, good with it. Like first of the year, like, yeah, it has all our mm-hmm. checking out all your 
and I, I, I 100% agree, go through your equipment, check your screws, check, you know, what's yes. worn yeah. and that sort of thing. And if it needs fixed or, or replaced, that's one thing. Adam's worn. And I've never had a horse wear a hole in the bottom of her skin boots. Oh, yeah. like literally like a yeah. quarter size hole. So, yes. Yeah. Um, I haven't changed them yet, but yes. Yep. There's there's that reason. You do need to replace it so they do stay, stay safe. Because of the, yeah, its purpose. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, that's how. But I'm a why person. Like I always ask myself why or any my question or that always is be bopping around in my head. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so especially in the last couple of years as, as I've learned more about horses, bodies and balance. Right. Mm-hmm. And then my thought is, is if a horse is always having a sore joint, so hocks stifles all the things right um that's where my why comes in i'm like okay so yes i know we ask them to do things that are not correct in most like right hawk uh stifles in, in breakaway horses right that's what yeah. comes worn the most because of use um and repetition and rep- we, do, we do a lot of the same thing right? exactly. practice and everything is the same but um, we were all created with a joint that if it is biomechanically used correctly, it should not wear down. Right? Yes. Um, so lots of horses have disadvantages because of how, you know, they might have gotten kicked or, you know, how they were started or all the things. But in an, in an ideal world, if our horse's feet, teeth and bodies are balanced, then we shouldn't have to be constantly injecting or doing things. Right. Um, so that's where my why always starts. And then that's where my equipment comes in on top of that, I guess, if yeah. that makes sense. No, I think that's a great place to start. I like the ba- the feet, teeth thing. I think a lot of people skip that. And that mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah. And it's like, well, raising their head because our teeth probably hurt. You just <laughs> right there. Like, exactly. Start with their teeth. Yes. And it's, and an actual person that it's a hundred bucks or a hundred feet. Like, you know, it's the best two hundred dollars. And it's not like you have to do it a lot. It's usually once a year. You know what? Even if you could just do that. Like some I get it if they're really, really bad and maybe a couple of times but back to zero. Exactly, right? Yeah. And I know you can stick your hands in there. I, I've had my finger bitten. So, but yeah, so start with their teeth, start with their feet, right? Yeah. And no horse should have long toes. Uh like I really don't think most horses should have over a three inch toe. Like, and that's pretty long. Yeah. Like, you literally can measure their toe. Yeah. Um, uh, and, like, for Maddie, that's a huge game, tang- game changer because my person wanted to look at the bottom of her foot mm-hmm. and tell me it's balanced. And I'm like, no, she has a long toe. Yeah. So, and I had previous x-rays, so I got new x-rays. Well, that was the game changer for us. I took those x-rays Memorial Weekend. Okay. And, um, or close to then, right? And then she's like, oh, she has a real, I'm like, yes, that's all toe. Like, it's amazing how much like those x-rays do show in the shoeing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's so easy to see that. Yeah. Get rid of her toe. Yeah. And then she's sound. Yep. Yeah. I was in Bucky Campbell. We were talking about that the other day at the high school radio. And he's like, uh, shoeing. Like, I start shoeing. You start with your shoer. Yeah. Number one, like, if you have a good shoer, you will have sound horses. Like, yes. Yeah. And I agree. Like, the feet and teeth or the, yeah, feet and teeth of a horse start there and, and then work inside. Whoa, 100%. So what do you use for saddle pads on your rope horses? It varies. Um, I like the old school um, uh, where it has like a felt, then a little bit of rubber and then felt. Um, oh, it's really thin. And I've noticed that lately. Um, I feel like some of those, the solid felt pads, I think they're really good on certain for certain purposes. Um, 
but I've noticed almost too much of a pad can be too too bad. You know, so too, right? And so I I really like I think is it the ultra pads or some old the ultra old yes yes right? I love, love those things like and they don't wear down like I don't know and I have been going back to those ones a lot. Um, JC won a new one the other day, and it's supposed to be a high fancy thing, and and it works pretty good too. It's hard to adjust, but um, I, it's thinner as well. So we've kind of been going to that thinner uh, pad um, as what we've been using. But granted, I, we do a lot of we do all the events, so it's not just right. And I feel like your horse and your saddle, you need to f- figure out something that works good for them too, and how long they're going to be saddled. Makes a huge difference. Huge difference, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I would never ride that one in hunted camp where you're on. 12 hours a day but yet you know the um for a couple hours in the broken pen it works really good for us Mm -hmm. so what other equipment is important um well if you start i mean we'll just start with their their we'll talk about i guess we said the feet and the head so i'm gonna start with the head where you have your bit and then your tie down or not and i think or a brow band have you seen those yes Uh Oh, yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Me cringe. Sorry. And I've tried those with, because like Willie has a really, really high head and trying to bring it down because I want him to stride out. So I don't want to take that nose away from him, mm-hmm. you know? So I've, I've played with a lot. And I think that's the key is to play with it at home and see what works and what doesn't. But then, like you said, if it's balanced, if they're working correctly, you shouldn't have to work everything or have everything. But then I think a lot of these horses have been started this way. And so they rely on that barrier to help keep them balanced. Mm-hmm. That's part of their mechanism to stay balanced. Yes. And so like if you have a horse, it started already and it's using a tie down, you can't just willy nilly take it away and expect them to work. Right. It is not going to happen. Um, my daughter's a perfect example of that. The other day, she took it away at the high school rodeo, and that mare worked like crap out of the box, came up, side swept. Like, it was just, a, it was it was terrible. It was a train wreck. And I was like, you just took yourself out of it. Like, but she doesn't understand the little balancing of that. Right. And so, like, how do you see the, ba- the tie down balancing through the whole entire body? How does that work? Right. So, like, in an ideal world, right, we would have a horse that has enough musculature around their spine to be able to engage their core, which is their, like, their stomach muscles, right, to keep their spine up. Because if we have a, if when we're in extension, so when we're striding out, yep. Um, and so if our, so when we're striding out or when our he- horse's head comes up, right, it, the, top part of our spine is the spinous processes and they sit there and they become pinched right um just thinking um if we're walking around like we have a something stuck up our booty right like yeah, march out your, your chest back. back yes and then it it compresses the back part of our spine right where in reality that's not the most um functional place to work from right we need to have a little bit of flexion so a little bit of core engagement even for us as riders right. and our horses need to have that be able to have core engagement and then and a, so therefore it creates space between the bones and the spine that that the nerve nerves and blood vessels and lymph so the signal from the brain to the muscles and then the blood flow in and out uh well, out excuse me um to be able to get to the muscles, right? So how our brain tells our muscles what to do can become compromised um, when we're in that extension state. So our 
Yes. Because if you have too much, it's going to pinch it all off. Pinch it all off. Why you just get stuck or stuck. It's stalled out. Exactly. But then if you have both in a balance, so then that stuff can flow, then it reacts. Exactly. Okay. So we have to have that that state, right? Yeah. Um, And most horses are not balanced, especially rope horses. I mean... Yeah. Barrel horses are better, but lots of times barrel horses aren't balanced left and right. Um, but a rope horse needs to be balanced left and right and up and down to be able to be get to the calf, per se, and be able to move left and right. A tie down aids in that in the fact that if a horse throws its head up or even not even throws its head up, but sticks its nose out, it creates more tension in that back. And so then for you're decreasing the amount of signal and blood flow that can go to the rest of the body. Okay. And it's creating stress on the joints within the back. So therefore more apt to that quote unquote kissing spine, which everybody's all gung ho on at the moment. And then it sets the joints up, the hock, the stifle, the knee. Um, the carpals to be able to be not used in the correct um, biomechanical way, and if they're not used correctly, in that they're not sliding and gliding because God created them with slide and glide and cushion in there. But if we're not putting the correct stress on, it's pinching. It's or, pinching. Yes. Or then the body, if you if you constantly pinch one way, the body will build up scar tissue or bone to take its spot. Gotcha. And therefore, then arthritis, right? Arthritis, side bone, yeah. all the things, right? So that's, you have to ba- have a balanced bit, a balanced, that's where that tie down comes in. And I beg to differ. There are very few people in, in this world that have a good enough left hand that can control that without a tie down in place. Yes, I agree. Uh, well, and we just, like, not very many of us can pat our head and rubber belly up. <laughs> it's just not what I really, I mean, there are, there are, there's those people that can do it. Yes. But they rope how many head a day? Yes. Or how many calves a day on how many different horses? And are very conscious. Yes. Yeah. I'm not. Like, when I'm back in the back, I'm thinking about what I need to get done, not as, especially on how to react and hold the horse so it can work. Exactly, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I think that's why it is super important to have that piece and correct. And like you said, there are some horses that are balanced. And if you really, really work hard at that and keep that, you can use it that way. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the others that don't, it's a very good tool to help keep everything more in balance. Exactly. Yeah. And like for Autumn, and I have moved to the magic tie down, right? So therefore, she's worked like she was totally one of those horses. Like you could not ride her when I bought her without a tie down. Like, yeah, could not do it. And we've worked really hard, especially in the last, we've worked hard. And then in the last year, we've worked really hard at it. And I do slow work with her mm-hmm. constantly. Like, and I would track a sled and I would, pro- I've tried tracking a calf with her, but she gets in go mode and she has so much go right now that without a tie down, like I can't get her slowed down enough to put those steps in. And I, and I don't need to, cause I, I want to protect her body. Yeah. If that makes sense. But I would totally do a sled without a tie down. And I never put the tie down in place until I walk in the box. But going back to the magic tie down, it's just enough. Right. And I think there's levels of degree. Right. You can yeah. start with like a wire one or a rope one or yeah. a flat one. And this one's very loose on the side. So I think you can play with that mm-hmm. without taking it away. Yes. Oh, yeah. And there's there's all different ways to um uh, how do you say, like, adjust it. And that's what I do think you can play with. And, you know, but once you do find a good spot, it is okay to keep it. And I don't think you should change it a lot, at, especially from practice or rodeos. If you oh, never. I would never change something yeah. at the rodeo, ever. Yeah. Like, ever. No, it will not go. No, it just doesn't work. 
It's big, like bu- big bar on steel, steel if it if it breaks. Exactly. <laughs> yes. For sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or like there was like Reno the Black Horse. Um, like you had to have his tie down so short. And like I thought I was being kind and let his tie down out. Granted, I got him at twenty one, right? You know. Yeah. <laughs> he would run off. <laughs> I know because they're so used to it, and then they're just like, yeah, it was horrible. So, uh, so yeah. And I think when you purchase a horse, that's a good thing to ask. Yes. How tight? Or let me see what you have on them and try to keep it the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, earplugs are that way. Uh, nobody told me that Sam, if you put earplugs, if you don't have earplugs in Sam and there's an, a speaker, he prances and it's just like this whole thing, right? You put earplugs in him, he drops his head and it doesn't move a muscle. Yeah. It Well, and sound and vibration, all that, it is, they do feel yeah, or they feel it and feed off of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, earplugs are a huge thing. I I wish her a little. <laughs> oh, right? That was not a good thing. No. What? Here we are. Right. Uh, the only ones I could ever get in autumn were the ones that were didn't have the solid center, but you had to have the string because you can't dig them out of her ears. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And I tried them with Maddie, too. I think they'd be really good for her, but. Yeah. Some horses just don't tolerate. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think that goes back for Maddie is her teeth mm-hmm. and her cervical, like the top, like her pole yes. being in or out. Because yeah. I think if those are in and their teeth are fine and they, they don't have any pain through their pole or their upper cervicals, then they'll tolerate the earplugs better. Got it. Okay. But yeah, no, that makes sense. What are like spurs? <laughs> I think it depends on kind of like your hands uh in bits like it depends how heavy a hand or how heavy a kicker or you know are you a holder and pressure in or are you a jabber Mm -hmm. you know i think it depends on how you are going to ride um or and again the age of your horse and all that like some horses are very dead sighted because they were kicked all the time and never just asked right you know so then they're dead there so then i think you're going to have to change it up a little bit Mm -hmm. um I would say as a parent looking forward, like I threw spurs on my kid because half the time she was on the saddle pad and spurring. You know, <laughs> like, just, yeah, you know, so like she had to kick something to get him to go. But like, I think you need to pay attention to that. Is that spur big, little? Do you need a little bit or do you need, you know, mm. just something or are you asking hard or kindly or, you know, right? That's yeah. a good idea. I don't know. That's how I do it. What do you think? Right. I, I, I currently always wear spurs. My spurs don't have rowels. They fell off many years ago. <laughs> so, but if I don't have them, like I need them in the box sometimes, right? Yes. Yeah. I feel like that helps a bunch. Um, or even if you're, um, I notice I use them if a horse hollows out a little bit, uh, approaching the calf or steer, you can grab that rib and help push it up underneath you and hold them back in. Or, you know, if you feel one, taking an extra stride somewhere in the wrong spot, you can help with your feet to hold it back up in there. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, bits. I I went to just using Tristan Mahoney's bits. I just had him make a bit for me. Um, yeah. I feel like the handmade ones and really a good bit maker is a big difference. Big difference, right? It was just, it, it was a game changer for me. Yeah. Before, I, yeah. Um, and I write all shanked bits. And I I don't like gag bits per se. So and I, my hands don't like gag bits. Um, I I will up circles in a solid curb. Sure. Just because. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like some people are used to that slide, slide, slide. And now they want contact and others. They want contact as soon as they pick it up. A flinch. They, mm-hmm. you know, I just kind of feel like 
what you want. Do you want a little bit of give or not? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. The couple bits I've gotten the last year have uh, the port. The inside is wider. Uh-huh. So therefore, I feel like sometimes and a softer on the curved part of it. So I think those for for people without with the hands that don't have as good a feel, I think that helps a horse a bunch. Yes. More relief. Mm-hmm. Direct pressure or, or bigger. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yep. No, yeah. And I feel like there's um, and it's OK to change that if you need something else. If it's a little bit more dead, you need a little bit more snappier or sharper. Like that is a place where I would change first is the bit versus the tie down. You know, I would I always keep the tie down the same because that's the consistency part of it. And then I'm granted if you first put one on, you might have to adjust it a little bit. But yet, on the other hand, once you get that kind of feel, feel like you're in a good balance in there, in there, it's a good spot for them. Then I play with the bits on whether we need more or less or this or that. So, yeah. Right. And then I have a competition bit mm-hmm. that's written in competition. And then I don't I practice in a different bit. OK. Yep. And then I have a. Uh, whether or not the writing bit and the practice bit is the same is kind of depending on the horse yeah um and how fresh they are where we're at right but um i did that on uh when we were growing up i think judy milnack even said that like because sometimes you're a lot softer at home and you're more nervous for but for us kids we had a competition bit yeah and then um once i got into college i would I, I kept everything the same. I didn't change it up unless I really needed to. Mm-hmm. I think maybe one time in the goat tie and I would do that because they they get a little hotter. So I wanted to work them different. And then, in, and, you know, during the goat run, I just put in, I actually did a uh, hack them all and just let them go. Is that, yeah. Let them, let them, yes. Yeah. I didn't want to be picking up on them. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So, well, yeah, that helps people kind of understand or have an idea or just, I think, have a conscious choice of why you have a bit. Yes. And a tie down. Like, tie down. That there there's reasons that they're there. They're just not there for show. And um I do think you're helping balance the horse better with them than not have that in place. Right. And I guess we could go back to that level our previous podcast, we talked about judgment, which is a level one thing, right? Yeah. And I think part of it is self-judgment, but um Don't judge others by their equipment because we don't know what they're at, where they're at or what they're doing. Yeah. And therefore, we maybe we don't. It can go two ways. Like you shouldn't look at somebody's equipment, right? Because that's very level one. You shouldn't. I shouldn't say it that way. I should say that's a very level one response to or two to look at somebody's equipment and judge them for that. But then on the flip side, you shouldn't feel bad about how you if you want to ride with a tie down. Right. I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah, no, it's 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 like that. Um, so whether to take the tie down on or off because the girl who just won did, didn't have one on there. Right. You know? And so it's like, yes, but you need to go back and ask that and say, OK, why don't you write a tie down? Ask her those questions. Go to see if that can help you or what her reason is or if she just said, because well, the horse has never had one on. You know, and right. Like, don't just look at it and say, oh, she's winning with that. I need to win with that. Right. That's your your level one, two response. Exactly. So then the next moving into three, four is finding out why. Or right. It, or, or yeah. Approaching it from a level five as an opportunity. Yes. Say, OK, yes, I want to be able to rope out my horse without a tie down, which is awesome. I would love it. Right. Or, you know. Yeah. So these are the things I need to do to, to, get, to, to get to there. Right. Yes. Um, 
and asking the questions and putting those putting those things in place because it's going to take six months, six months to a year. I would say it'd take a year to be able to do that, right? Because you're going to need six months of building the muscles within your course, and then you're going to you are going to need six months to be able to put those um, things in place, right? To build muscle. Um, so it's not weekend switch. No, you have to work at it and know the steps and know how to build that up. It's just not a overnight or over weekend deal. No, right? Because so, I and maybe it's a six month thing. I could say it that way. Yeah. Because you're going to have to go and seek the the knowledge yes. and the feel to be able to ride your horse on a daily basis to be able to build the strength and yeah. balance without roping then put it to the to the sled and then put it to the um tracking yes pen roping then put it to live cattle right so yeah. then put it to jackpots then put it to rodeo competitions yes no 100 percent. It, it should be in that order and if you don't it won't be balanced in it right or you might quote unquote think it's balanced but then oh my gosh your horse is getting sore yes and it's gonna it, come out somewhere else exactly in, in a negative way Yes. And I think in the rodeo world, we don't do a good job of recognizing soreness in our horse before they're to the point that you need to inject them or something. Yes. Yeah. They're like three-legged limping. Yeah. We wait until it's, we're not preventative or reactive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. No, I think that's good. And yeah, so I like how we approach the the energy level in that because I think if you take a step back and, and assess it that way, you're going to come out a lot better and um, for everyone. Yes, for everyone. So Yeah, cool. Um, well, if you guys want some fun uh, apps to check out, uh, Coroner, we created one. It's called Daily Romance App. It's really fun. It just shoots you um, ideas like just to have fun um, with your spouse or significant other. And uh, she also has a Be Kind Rope Tough um, on Etsy, which I think I need to check I mean, I've seen some of her Instagram posts where she has like some um, sweatshirt, t-shirts. And, yeah, uh-huh. she has some gear and stuff. So anyway, check that out. I, I, I like that. Um, be kind, rope tough. I have another friend that has a, a logo and it's a be a kind cowgirl. And I really, really like that. That's a, yeah, yeah. I, because I think in, in, in the world of breakaway roping, we need to be kind. And they're, the majority of people that are role models are not kind currently. So the yeah. people like this that are promoting this yeah. and the more we can do it from a grassroots level, yeah. I think that's huge. Well, I mean, just like back to our energy deals where if you're competing in that one, two level state, you need to be in that four, five, six level energy to help others to be there for else yes yeah. for sure so yeah awesome so go yeah. check it out yes and then i have one more plug um look for our christmas special and some stocking stuffers for my app and it's called contestant center and i'll get some fun stuff out for christmas oh that'll be fun yeah all right thanks guys don't forget to get some great grace and gratitude bye Thanks for joining us on our adventures today. We hope you enjoyed saddling up with us on the Jen and Gina show. Remember success in the Western industry is all about grit, grace, and gratitude.